Welcome to Jacksonville.Radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Welcome to North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby, and North Florida Neighborhood is all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what really cool stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with is Felicia Boyd. She's a program and outreach director for the Timaquan Parks Foundation. Felicia, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Colby. So now, first, give me a rundown on what the parks are all about. So, um, as Many people know Jacksonville has the largest urban park system in the United States, which um, people say that, but then they don't really know where they are. We've got uh, the the National Park Service has the Timaquan Ecological Historic Preserve, so they have a large um, national preserve here in Duval County. We have state parks, and then we have city preservation parks. Um, We call them our wilderness parks that ring the county. And so, um, as the Timaquan Parks Foundation, we are the friends group, as our support organization for those three park partners and for those preservation parks throughout the city. And you said you're the friends group. So, what does that mean for y'all? Yeah. So we're really, like I said, we're the support organization. So we uh, help our park partners if they need. Um, we do a lot of volunteer projects in the parks. If they need trail maintenance, uh, shoreline cleanups, boardwalks built. Um, we help provide volunteers to help with those services. But we also, um, one of our big things is is making sure that people know about the parks and that they're accessible and that we give opportunities for programming in the parks. So we, we support our park partners with some of their programming, uh, but we also do some of our own just to get some uh, people out into the parks. The- what? Parks are valuable not only from a recreational standpoint, but also from uh, you know sustainability and keeping our city resilient because these are open natural spaces. What kind of programming are y'all able to do for the parks? So um, we do a lot of outreach to um, related to health and equity as far as um, a while back we realized that we were talking to people that the parks are great for hiking and biking and boating and fishing and kayaking and canoeing and bird watching and we were always talking to the people that already do that kind of thing and so um, we've really tried to focus our programming on what we call non-traditional audiences to let them know you can these parks are yours you can use these parks to help get healthy both physically and mentally so um, so we have programming directed towards seniors that might suffer from loneliness or isolation. Um, we have partnered with ARP, and we were doing some um, uh, healthy living series walks in the park. So we have some seniors come. We do some light stretching, uh, mm-hmm. take a one- or two-mile walk, and then do some sort of uh, programming like plein air painting or drumming or a ranger program. Um, they've been virtual since COVID, but um, I think this fall we're probably going to try to do some more um, some more walks with seniors. Uh, we've um, we work with youth with special needs uh, to come out and take them kayaking, and they do service projects, and then we do ranger programs. 
Um, we work with Groundwork Jacksonville for, with their urban teams, come out every summer for kayaking and fishing at Dutton Island. Um, uh, they did a history walk at Hannah Park this year. Um, and then we're getting ready to work with our national park partner with a junior ranger angler program. It's a kids' fishing program. So different ways. Oh, we also have a beginning hiking, women mm. only, that we've partnered with North Florida Trailblazers. Um, last year, we um, we rebranded an area up on the north side that's a state park, national park, or national preserve, and um, a couple of... Um, city parks and North Florida Land Trust, and they all make one large park group. So we call that the Seven Creeks Recreation Area. And so again, a, a large area where you can go hiking and biking and um, fishing and kayaking. But we had people say, I want to go to women, particularly would say, I want to go out there, but I don't want to go out by myself. And so we started doing some beginning hiking women only to try to get women and girls comfortable with being in the woods because a lot of these people may it may not be something they've done regularly i was gonna say it sounds really cool for these people who might avoid going to out to the parks because they don't want to go alone and you make it no here's different programs with people who are interested in the same things as you are correct or and not even i mean they might not even they get to meet other people that um have a diversity of interest also Mm. so it kind of helps you get out of your out of your bubble <laughs> yeah, and being with the same people all the time. So those are some of the programs you offer, but what would you say your overall mission for the parks are? So our, our mission is to preserve and protect and enhance um, the parks for, you know, community and, enga- you know, engaging the community to get them connected to their parks, to have everyone realize what special places they, that these are, um, we love the parks. We want we want those parks to still be here when our kids are, you know, all grown up, which they are. But um, but to do that, we have to make the parks relevant. You know, we can't just say, oh, there's this beautiful woodsy area that you can go for a hike in, yeah. because that's it's not going to, you know, I mean, it's worth it to me, but it's not worth it to, you know, somebody else necessarily. And so we have to make them relevant, and they really are um you know, nature therapy and creating healthful spaces is so important now. And the parks are these healthful spaces to get physically active and physically um, healthy as well as mentally healthy, especially now when, you know, you're really not supposed to be doing stuff inside. You're supposed to be outside. Have you been a, how do you start making the parks more relevant since it relevancy changes day to day? Yeah, so relevant um, a couple of different ways that we need to get that message out. One, again, is, is focusing on the health benefits of parks. Everybody, tall, short, fat, thin, old, young, can benefit from going out to the parks from a health standpoint. So that, you know, that widens that audience to everybody. Everybody in Jacksonville can use the parks to get healthy. Um, the other way that they're relevant is to is to focus on the fact that you know we've got sea level rise, we've got flooding, and these natural spaces with their salt marshes and um, vegetation and 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 non-paved surfaces um, are a great defense against that flooding and sea level rise. 
And so we need those natural spaces to protect the city. And so there's a couple of different ways. So, you know, that's part of the preserve part is making sure that these preservation parks actually stay preserved. And these parks are so relevant, like like you've been saying throughout the whole chat. So what upcoming events do you guys have for us? So we've got, um, we have things throughout the year. Um, we're kind of coming down off of our volunteer projects from the summer, but we've got um, an upcoming uh, September 18th. We are, it's just a Saturday. We are partnering with City of Jacksonville, Keep Jacksonville Beautiful. They do uh they participate in the International Coastal Cleanup. So we will be site captains at Ready Point Preserve, which is up in Arlington, and Catherine Abbey Hanna Park. So um, a lot of the, our volunteer projects are to get people to different parks. You know, people may not. I just spoke with some young ladies at JU. They're probably two miles from Ready Point. They've been there three years, and they never knew it was there. So we're going to be doing a project with them, and they'll actually get to see it. And then that's somewhere that they can go. Um, so we'll be at Ready Point in Hannah. And then on um, September 25th is National Public Lands Day, and we're partnering with the Friends of Talbot Island for their Talbot Tidewater Challenge. And this is a celebration, I'm sorry, Talbot Highwater Celebration. And this is a, um, a family-friendly event. It's free. They will have guided hikes. Um, I'm sorry, this will be up at the Rabot Club on Fort George Island Cultural State Park. Um, they'll have guided hikes. They'll have a fishing clinic for kids. They'll have um, kayaks and canoes that people can go out and paddle around and come back. They'll have... Um, Sea turtle and gopher tortoise exhibitions. Uh, Keith Ashley from UNF will have an archaeology exhibit. There'll be um, other environmental exhibitors there. I think they're going to have bingo. They're going to have nature trivia. So um, it's really a fun, a fun way to get people outdoors out to this beautiful site, um, learning about some of the new tra- some of the trails that are out there. Um, so it should be a really fun day. It's uh, Saturday, 25th, Saturday, September 25th from 10 to 3. Okay, and then that. The... Um, if the kids, and if kids, if kids sign up for the fishing clinic, um, they can go online to sign up for the fishing clinic. Uh, they're giving away 75 poles to the first 75 kids. Okay, yeah. and if we want to get involved and find out more, Felicia, where should we go? Um, you can go to uh, timaquamparks.org, um, our website. Um, we have a, uh, a Facebook, which is Timaquam Parks Foundation, and the person that takes care of that uh, is always putting interesting things and updating, and so that's a that's probably the best way to find out is through our Facebook page. And just day to day for us, what do you see that the parks need from their neighbors? Uh, we would just like people to be involved. We want, um, you know, go visit your park, uh, participate in a program. Uh, again, if people don't go to the parks, then they don't really care about them. And so, uh, you know, we really are trying to get people out to see um, the benefits and and why they should, you know, why why parks are so important. It's such a such a defining part of, of Jacksonville and it's just some people you know just don't even know about it mm-hmm. so 
Tell me one more time that website and how we can get involved. Okay, so it's timaquanparks.org, T-I-M-U-C-U-A-N-P-A-R-K-S.org. Um, they can just say, I want to be a volunteer or I just want more information. Um, and we'll we'll get in touch with them and get them involved. Okay, well, Felicia, thank you so much for all you do and for being a great neighbor in our neighborhood. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week, and if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at Jacksonville.radio. Jacksonville.radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Thanks so much for joining us for North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby. And North Florida Neighborhood is all about hearing what our neighbors are up to and what kind of services they're providing for our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with is Karen Patterson. She's here with Life South Blood. Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Colby. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Um, So, Karen, give me a rundown on who Life South is. Sure. So Life South Community Blood Centers, we're a 501c3 nonprofit blood center. And here in Jacksonville, we provide all the blood needed for patients at Wilson's Children's Hospital, Memorial Hospital, Orange Park Medical Center, and all Baptist Health locations. So seriously, across the board, that's a lot of blood. So where is this blood coming from? So right now, we're actually seeing some donors coming in to see us, but we do need to see some more. In the summer months, we typically run into critical need or emergency need, and that's part of a couple things. Um, There's nationally a blood shortage across the country, and the second thing that's happening is during the summer, schools aren't in session. So a lot of people are taking vacation, the kids are out of school, so parents don't always have, you know, the time to put those kiddos, you know, to the side and donate blood. So we are definitely seeing a decrease in these summer months. And then, of course, we have those wonderful hurricanes that we love so much here in Florida that tend to pop up out of nowhere. So those also can kind of complicate the blood shortage we're seeing right now. And so you guys need blood, and what can we come and help with? Do we just show up to your place and give blood or can we find y'all somewhere? Of course. Well, we do have two donor centers. We have a donor center that's located at Baptist downtown. It's located across from the Bridges Cafe next to the Heart Hospital stairs. And that is open Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And then we also have our donor center that's located at 7840 Bay Meadows Way. And to try to be a little bit more convenient for donors, we are very happy to announce that our donor center is going to be open on Saturdays starting on July 
July 17th. Okay. And then how often can people donate blood if it's such a big need like you're saying it is? That is a great question. So people can donate whole blood every 56 days. So that's just about eight weeks. And we do encourage people to be repeat donors. Um, So a lot of people don't realize that blood has a shelf life just like anything else you might have like your milk or your eggs in your refrigerator so uh, blood has a shelf life of 42 days so that blood donations need to keep coming in because of course once blood's expired it can't be used so you really encourage people to donate if everybody could donate at least two or three times a year we probably would not get into the blood shortages that we're seeing right now and a a lot of these blood shortages kind of popped up from COVID and we've been able to follow along with you th- through that whole process. So what's it been like now since we're coming out of COVID? Well, we are coming out of it, but unfortunately, COVID is on the rise again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, but a lot of hospitals are reporting increases in those COVID cases. So unfortunately, we're seeing that spike. And with that spike also comes a decrease in blood donations. So we are encouraging everybody, if you're feeling well, if you've received the COVID vaccine, even if you have not received the COVID vaccine, we would love to see you and we would love to welcome you at our donor centers or in one of our blood mobiles to find where our blood mobile is going to be when it's going to be closest to you. You can just go to our website, lifesouth.org, and put in your zip code, and it'll pull up all the locations that are going to be closest to you. So we can still donate if we've had the vaccine, um, but what if we've had COVID? Can we still donate then? Absolutely. As long as you've been symptom-free from COVID symptoms for 10 days or if you've received a negative COVID-19 test, we would love to see you. However, if you're feeling not quite right, we would want to advise you to please wait until you're feeling 100% to come and make a blood donation. And that's just kind of the core of what all Life South Blood is able to do and what they're asking of us. And then also, Karen, what other upcoming promotions does LifeSouth have to offer for us? Well, we're really excited. This year, we're having a wonderful promotion to highlight the back to school. So if anybody comes to either our blood mobiles or one of our donor centers um, from July 24th, till August 7th, you're going to receive a $20 e-gift card that is good at hundreds of retail locations, including Walmart, Target, and Amazon. Just for donating blood? Yes, for coming in and donating blood. And if people would like to donate platelets or plasma, we're still needing those donations as well. So those are all opportunities that are available at our donor center. What is platelets and then what's plasma? Sure, sure. So platelets, that's the clotting factor that's in your blood. So a lot of times when people are going through chemotherapy or having other kind of cancer treatments, their blood actually, the chemotherapy actually takes that factor away from their blood. So they'll need those platelets um, to go back into their bodies to help them heal and go through with the treatment. So platelets are extremely special and they only have a shelf life of five 
days. Oh, my gosh. They're only alive for five days. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that. So we're always looking for platelets. It's wonderful to help people going through cancer and also pediatric patients that maybe came into the world a little bit early. So we're always looking for those extra special donors who can donate platelets with us. And then give me a rundown on what the plasma is. Sure. So plasma is used a lot um, for a couple different things. Back when COVID was in its height, we were actually using convalescent plasma to help patients recover from COVID because it has those antibodies that help fight off the disease. Um, While we're not really using convalescent plasma so much anymore, plasma is also used to help burn victims and people that are in trauma. So it's a really, really good tool for somebody that's unfortunately been in a circumstance like that. So plasma is a wonderful donation, and so is platelets. It just takes a little bit longer, maybe about an hour out of your day, but it's really important for those patients, as I said, that are pediatric or dealing with cancer. For plasma, is the shelf life as short as five days also? No, plasma actually has a much longer shelf life. So plasma can actually be frozen. So it actually has about a three-year shelf life. Yeah, and we can donate blood and plasma at the same time? Absolutely. We have a special machine that's located in our donor centers where it performs something called apheresis. And apheresis is when we separate one component from the blood and then give it the rest of the blood and fluids back to the patient. So for platelets, we would be taking just the platelets out of the blood and then returning the rest of the blood components to the donor. And the same with plasma. If you're donating plasma, we would take just the plasma from your blood and give you back your red blood cells and saline. So if somebody's interested, especially if you're a type O or an O negative or one of those rare blood types, we would love for you to do an automated donation for either platelets or plasma. So we can kill lots of birds with just one stone by showing up. And again, we have the privilege of chatting with Karen Patterson. She's with Life South Blood. And Karen, you guys are all over the place because you guys serve a lot of blood all over the place. Are y'all ever in need of volunteers and not just donors? Sure. We would love to have volunteers come out. Um, Somebody would like to volunteer, you can just visit our website. But we would always welcome volunteers to come and see us. And if somebody is actually a student in high school or college, if they donate blood, we actually can provide them with community service hours, uh, which come in handy when you're applying for college internships and scholarships. Okay. And then, Karen, can you give us a rundown again on where we can go to find out where the bus is going to be or how we can donate? Of course. Of course. It's easy to find. Just go to lifesouth.org. You can put in your zip code and find all the centers that are close to you and all the blood mobiles that are in your backyard. And of course, we do have our donor center that's located downtown at Baptist and also over here at 7840 Bay Meadows Way. And Karen, with that, you said blood mobiles. If we're a business and we want your vehicle in front of it, how can we orchestrate that? That would be wonderful. We are always looking for community partners to help us save lives here in Northeast Florida. So it's very easy. You can go to our website. Um, There's an email address where you can send your information. 
and either myself or one of our wonderful donor recruiters will be back in touch with them within 24 hours. And there's no charge to have a blood mobile come out. It's a great team building exercise. And we provide everything, including a thank you gift and an e-gift card for donors. So it's a wonderful way. And even if you're a small business, one donation can save three lives. So even if only five people donate, that's 15 people that can be affected. And that's a really big impact for just a couple hours of having our blood mobile on site. One person can donate and save three lives. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And it's really needed right now. So we really would encourage anybody, you know, if you don't know your blood type, that's okay. Come and see us and we'll find out what your blood type is. Okay. Well, Karen, thank you so much for all you do with Life South, And thanks for being such a great neighbor in our neighborhood. Wonderful. And one last thing for our friends in Fleming Island. We're going to have some exciting news soon. We're going to be opening up a donor center in Fleming Island um, the end of oh. the summer, beginning of fall. So so please stay tuned. We can't wait to spend some time with the people in Fleming Island. Oh, well, so sweet. We're looking forward to that. Thanks, Karen. Thank you so much, Colby. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week. And if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at Jacksonville.radio. Ronnie's Wings and Oyster Bar in Green Cove Springs has been a Clay County tradition for decades. Ronnie's Wings and Oyster Bar has been involved with everything that makes your county better. Whether you're planning an event or planning just lunch or dinner, come on in to Ronnie's Wings and Oyster Bar, Walnut Street between US 17 and the river, Green Cove Springs. Celebrate a special occasion or just get some great food at Ronnie's Wings and Oyster Bar. At The Y, we take great pride in strengthening our community and helping all of us be our best selves. Our programs empower young people, improve health and well-being, and inspire action in our communities. Today and every day, no matter where you are on your journey, we're here for you. We're here for all. Stop by or visit us at fcymca.org to discover new ways to connect with your potential, your purpose, and each other. Join us. Together, we're stronger for our community. Panera believes in saying yes. Yes to clean, fresh ingredients. Yes to the new chicken sausage and pepperoni flatbread topped with rich mozzarella. Yes to delicious mac and cheese. Yes to putting it on a sandwich, creating the grilled mac and cheese sandwich. And yes to impromptu road trips to Sandwich, Illinois. Because that's living life to the flavor fullest. Get free delivery when you order on our app through September 14th. Panera, live your yes. Pricing and product availability may vary. Visit PaneraBread.com. If you think vaccines alone will protect you from COVID-19, think again. More breakthrough cases of COVID variants show that vaccinated people are still vulnerable. To be safe, monitor regularly for fever as it's the leading sign of COVID-19. Use Exergen, the only thermometer scientifically proven to detect fever. Protect yourself and your family with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. 
Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project, we never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Portions of the following segment will refer to certain acts not all parents want their children to hear. Please exercise parental judgment. Welcome to Jacksonville.Radio. We're a family of radio stations serving the Jacksonville and South Georgia areas. As a service to our community, we highlight organizations and events that help make this area the best place in the country to live. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Welcome to North Florida Neighborhood. I'm Colby, and North Florida Neighborhood is all about getting to know our neighbors and hearing what really cool stuff they're doing with us and for us in our community. And today, the neighbor we get to chat with is Rachel White. She's president for Her Song, a ministry of the Tim Tebow Foundation. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure to be here with you today, Colby. Thank you. Oh my gosh, of course. Now, Rachel, give me a round, rundown on who Her Song is. Well, at her song, we're envisioning a world where every girl is free. So who we are is an amazing group of people working hard in this community every day to help survivors of trafficking find freedom. And so we're supporting them um, through our safe homes that we have here in the Jacksonville area and growing into a couple other states right now. Um, and we, we really are functioning in three ways in the community. We're providing that essential survivor care that is so needed when victims are recovering and we're also doing a lot of victim outreach. We work through partnerships and the jails and helping to identify victims that may go otherwise unidentified. And then also we have this amazing prevention education curriculum that's built out for kids K through 12. So we have that in some schools here locally in public schools and private schools because we're really trying to get to everybody that we can with this message that human trafficking is so devastating. It is a real problem. It's not like the problem we see in the movies, but Mm. it's real here in our community and vulnerable people are being exploited or vulnerable people are on the cusp of being exploited. Um, And so we want to make sure that our entire community is equipped with knowledge and awareness about what to do but also to really get involved with us in restoring lives. And that is such beautiful work. It's work that we love to do. We enjoy it so much. And, um, you know, we're, we're just so glad to be here and so thankful for the community in Jacksonville that's just supported us in this big dream that we have. To better understand your dream and your goal, can you first lay a foundation of what these survivors look like or what these potential women who are going through trafficking look like? What, what is trafficking? Mm, Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with a definition. So we're looking to the law for that definition because human trafficking is involved um, criminal activity in a variety of ways, but obviously it's wrong to control someone um, and make them do something, whether that's work or provide, you know, acts of sex for money. Um, That's wrong and it is illegal. And so that definition of human trafficking just says that if you're under the age of 18 and this is going on, well, it's, it's, you're a victim of trafficking. If you're an adult, um, you know, many adults are, there's forced fraud and coercion involved in that exchange. Um, and so, you know, we're really seeing more and more that 
the critical piece of this is the vulnerability mm-hmm. that's there. And so we see victims um, really becoming vulnerable in so many ways, Colby. Um, it's really a complex problem. Um, but, you know, if you just think about our society, and even right now with all that's going on in our world, all these people uh, over in the Middle East and mm. Afghanistan and how the girls and the women are so vulnerable because they don't have any rights yeah. now under the, the, you know, the laws. There's no laws to help support that, right? And then we think about the disaster in Haiti, and we think about how vulnerable these people are. They don't have food. They don't have water. They don't have shelter. And so that helps us kind of get in the mindset of what, what um, makes people vulnerable to traffickers so traffickers are you know these really smart people that are are they're predators right they're opportunists they're looking for people with a set of vulnerabilities that they can then capitalize on and make a profit from right and so the ladies the young ladies that we're working with some are under 18 um, many are over 18 um are you know they look like everybody um however over time as people are caught up in trafficking in that cycle of trafficking there is an, a major breakdown in body mind and spirit and so by the time a lot of times if women you know have been trafficked for sometimes decades because a lot of times this is starting in childhood it starts with childhood abuse in the home sexual mm-hmm. abuse in the home and you know creates these vulnerabilities there and makes them more and more easily taken advantage of right because of that those predispositions that that early childhood trauma that has so stunted their development if you will and 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 created a fracture in how they view themselves and and their worth and all of that and so after they've been in this for a while we see major breakdown of uh, the physical health mental health social and relational health um, there's great loss I mean these young ladies are grieving mm-hmm. so many things and they've lost their childhood they've lost the opportunity like maybe you and I had to complete our education maybe go on to college um, choose a, cur- a career you know make a choice about what is it I want to do with my life you know and and so by the time a lot of times these women are coming to us at her song they are physically mm-hmm. and emotionally and spiritually and relationally not well and that's where we get to step in and really help these women start to build wellness into their life so these are the women that you're helping and her song is taking alongside and leading so tell me how you help them rachel Oh, well, we have had this amazing opportunity to establish some residential programs here in the Jacksonville area. And again, we're establishing some in some other states right now as well. Um, But through these safe homes, we're able really... Uh, well, let me take you back just a little bit earlier. So we have a helpline number, right? And so in these incoming calls come to us from victim advocates in the community. Maybe it's some of our law enforcement partners, whether that's federal, state, or local. Um, maybe other agencies in the community that are serving people with needs are identifying these trafficking victims. And so this call comes in. And so our staff is skilled and trained. 
um, and has the experience to be able to step in and help create some safety and stability at that moment in time. And then what we do is we start to assess needs immediately. Hmm. Do they need housing? What is it they need? And so um, about 50% of the phone calls we get on an annual basis are, and that's a, average is like a phone call a day. So we're talking about, about a 365 victims calling into her song on an annual basis looking for support. So about 50% of those need safe housing. And this is an enormous problem that we have in our community right now is just enough safe housing for everybody that lives here. Um, but we have, you know, we do have beds um, in three different homes here in the Jacksonville area. And those women that want to come in and really start to take their power back, you know, get ownership of their life and take responsibility for their future and their healing. Um, they come in and we're able just to wrap so much love and counseling and support around them in these safe homes. Um, and then they can go through our program for a year and then move into a transitional home for another year. So we have about two years of programming that we offer these women based on the special needs that they have. Rachel, you say go through the program for a year. What is that? Mm. Yeah, so we have this very dynamic program. It's um, to address all the needs of body, mind, and spirit. So if you think about, wow, how would we define health? You know, we're going to think health is our body. It's our mental health. It's our emotional health. It's how healthy are our relationships. And as I mentioned earlier, these are all things that are breaking down in the human trafficking cycle. And so our program is, you know, through um, classes. We have a learning center, a really beautiful space where women come in. They're sitting in class. We're doing groups. We're learning about healthy relationships. We're, we're doing counseling to work on our mental health challenges, whether that's depression or anxiety. Um, we're wrapping around them with spiritual support if they're open to it. Um, and, you know, praying with them and sharing God's love with them and how important important they are, you know, to us and to the Lord. And, and so we're teaching all these skills through our learning center. And so the program is very dynamic and moves pretty quickly, but it gives the women an opportunity to really push the pause button from the, the life that they've been in and start to lay a foundation for a new life that's healthy, that's where they have well-being and they have agency, they have the power of choice right mm -hmm. and where they have access to healthy relationships so our program has created this environment that's rich with resources so that these survivors that come in and live with us can just reach out for the things that they need and it's right there in the environment that they're in and so the program is very you know we could get very technical it might be kind of boring to people listening no. but in a nutshell we're just really addressing all the needs of body mind and spirit and of course that starts with those very most basic needs in the beginning, Colby. You know, we need clothing. We need mm -hmm. a place to sleep that's, you know, we all go home, most of us, and we lay our head on the pillow, and we feel safe at night, and we can pull the covers over, and we just rest, right? We sleep so well. But but these um, survivors of trafficking, are they're scared. They have a lot of anxiety. Uh, many of them with sexual abuse in their childhood have been awakened all night, all the time. Some have been sold by their families mm -hmm. for sex over their childhood and so 
things that we take for granted that are so essential to our health are things that get disrupted sometimes in trafficking. And so um, we're starting with those most basic human needs of food and shelter and water and comfort and safety and stability. And then we're progressing in our program to helping these young ladies learn the life skills to develop a healthy network of support around them, how to ask for help from the right people. Um, We're helping them start to, you know, as the body calms down and they get rest and they start to feel better physically, then the mind starts to wake up Mm. and we start having really important conversations about the future. You know, what are your dreams? Where do you want to go with your life? You know, if there were no limits, what would you do? Um, and so these are really exciting um, conversations and really pivotal turning points for these young ladies in our program because they begin to dream a new dream for their life. And they begin to ask the question, what is my purpose? And then they start to define what that is. You know, they're asking, God, do you have a purpose for me? Why am I even here on planet Earth? And, you know, and on the on the other end of that, when women have come all the way through our program, here's what we see. We we see women working in as nurses in local hospitals. We see women working in the legal field as a paralegal. We see women going to college and making A's and earning scholarships. And so these people that were once marginalized and so incredibly vulnerable, the pendulum has now swung the other direction and they have power of choice and opportunity and they've learned how to set goals and achieve goals and they're doing that and we call that a flourishing life we call that not it's not a perfect life they haven't arrived somewhere but you know they're thriving in their community and most of them are giving back they're turning back to other survivors that are just starting that journey and saying you know what I was just like you and look at me now you can do this too and and so that's kind of the full spectrum of what we're doing in our program. Hmm. Again, I have the privilege of chatting with Rachel White. She's a president for her song. And Rachel, some of the stories you've told, in my mind, I'm thinking there is no way this is happening in our community. There's no way this Mm. is happening Mm. in my neighborhood. How common is trafficking? Well, you know, of course, from our vantage point, we see it as extremely common. Um, You know, um, this is, and the reason being is that it's starting so many times in the dark behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's sexual abuse in the home, there's neglect, there's, um, you know, kids that we call throwaways, meaning that, you know, their families are just discarding them. Nobody wants them. Nobody's taking care of them. And yes, this happens right here where we live. And uh, maybe it's not exactly right on our, our street corner, but it's happening in all kinds of neighborhoods in Jacksonville. It's, of course, we saw in the paper, you know, the big sting that the bust in Deerwood um, this year, or last, I think it was early this year. Um, and, you know, it's just not, this is happening in rural communities, in the urban core. It's happening in suburban communities. Um, we see that trafficking is not contained to, let's say, just maybe a high crime or a high poverty area. It's happening everywhere, through hotels, through gated neighborhoods. Um, through regular homes, just like maybe what you and I live in. And just, you know, it's it's prevalent. And what are signs so we can be aware and, and maybe call her song? Yeah, that is a really great question. And of course, we're looking at, you know, we're looking at it through a pretty complex, 
you know, lens. Um, and I would say people who are vulnerable are living in an unstable situation. They've probably experienced some other forms of, of violence in their lives. Um, and it could be those kids, especially those kids that are um, involved in the juvenile justice system. And then we know that foreign nationals are incredibly vulnerable as well. Um, but I think, you know, the signs really are are going to be, you know, as far as commercial sex goes, that is something that is so, it's been online for a long time, but COVID made that grow like wildfire. Mm. And so online sexual exploitation is an enormous problem that we're having right now. And every single kid with a device is vulnerable. Dang. Every single one. Because, you know, you think about it, some big hairy man knocks on your front door and is like, hey, I want to play with your kid. You know, you would never let yeah. him in your home. And yet they have mm. access right through your child's iPad or laptop or cell phone. And, you know, what we need to be doing is teaching our kids. And I, I, know, I know I've gone down a rabbit hole here, but no, we, keep we going. need to teach our kids how to stay safe online, right? Mm. And and the, this this generation of kids coming up, you know, the challenge is really to us parents as well to pay attention, to be involved to know what your kids are doing online, to put filters on phones, to put accountability in place, not as, not because you're the police, right? You're not policing your children, but you're partnering with them and keeping them safe. And you're having important conversations about the dangers of being online because these kids are going to have to steward technology um, in order to create safety in the world. We've had to steward other things based on our generation, right? That these kids are going to have to steward technology. So we know that anybody online is vulnerable. Um, we know that people who sometimes are begging with signs on the corner could be people that are being trafficked, right? Um, and I say it's better to say something if you see something. And, you know, you can do a number of things. You can call the local police, you know, non-emergency line, unless it is an emergency, definitely use the 911. Um, you can also call um, for how to report abuse in the state of Florida. It's real easy. It's 1-800-96-ABUSE. And you can report both adult and child abuse via that hotline and it will be investigated. And that's a really important number for people to know. Um, you can also call the National Human Trafficking Hotline, which is um, 1-888-373-7888. And those numbers are also on the Hersong website, hersong.org, and people can check it out there. And it sounds like, Rachel, a lot of this needs to be addressed to the kids and that's one thing her song is able to do with the prevention prevention and education system y'all have in place can you tell me a little bit about what's happening there Absolutely. Well, we've been, we've had such a wonderful privilege to be partners with Duval County Public Schools for about five to six years now. And, um, you know, we've since created an, a curriculum that is um, research-based. And we've partnered with the A21 campaign and we've partnered with some other people just to create um, a curriculum that builds in prevention K through 12. And so obviously we're not talking with kindergartners about sex trafficking, but we're talking to them about human rights, about mm. dignity, about online safety, about identity. Who gets to decide who you are, you know, and things like that. And so we're in the schools helping kids learn. And I think even more importantly than that, we're working with teachers and administration, right, in the schools so that, that because they're often, they have yeah. the potential to be first responders, right? And um, we want our schools to be 
a no trafficking zone all across the world, right? And so that starts right here at home. We want our schools to be a no trafficking zone. And so there are kids being sent into schools to recruit other kids for trafficking. And so we need to be aware of those signs, aware of that, and make sure that our teachers can be first responders and hopefully intervene early on before you know, lives are at stake. And if we've just kind of been prompted to take action after hearing everything you've had to say, Rachel, are y'all in need of volunteers? Oh my goodness. Yeah, we love volunteers. Um, we we can use all kinds of volunteers actually. And so people are welcome to reach out to us via our website or info at hersongjacks.org. Um, and we would love to talk to people about how to volunteer. And as we hear that this is happening in our neighborhood, what do you want us as a community to do? Well, I think be proactive. You know, we find out about trafficking because we ask what has happened to you. You know, mm. we know people's stories. And so we have this tendency to drive into our neighborhoods and close our garage doors and our front doors and pull the blinds. And we live yeah. in these little silos, you know, and I think it's even worse since COVID, right? Yeah. Everybody's sort of like retreated into their shells, you know, but we need to know people's stories. And I mean, I remember back when my kids were younger and some of the little girls from the neighborhood that would come in and just hearing their stories and knowing the heartbreak they were facing in their homes. And and I think that's how we get involved. It's a massive beast of a problem with potentially 40 million slaves in the world today. You know, it's a profitable industry. It's overwhelming. And then we just shut down, right? But I think there's things that we can do. We can pray, we can serve, and we can give. And I think those are wonderful ways that collectively we can make a difference in our world. And this has definitely been a very heavy conversation conversation. And Rachel, I just really appreciate Mm -hmm. your vulnerability and how transparent you've been. But I definitely want to close out with a difference you've been able to witness firsthand through her song. Um, Wow. The stories I could tell, Kobe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we're all about... beauty and growth and potential at her song and I think that's one of the amazing things about us and you know um, what comes to mind is a young lady that was abused from the time that she was about four years old Um, and you know she was abused by her parents and sold for sex and just very very poor um, family and just a really hard childhood but I have watched this young lady fight for herself and fight for herself and I've known her for about almost four years now and today she is she just got accepted to nursing school oh my gosh she has been working as a nurse in a local hospital and you know her life is not perfect but she's on the other side of it Mm -hmm. and she's gotten the help and the support she needed to get to get whole and now she's able to build a future for herself and you know she she wants everybody to know that um, she's a survivor um, and I love, you know, we have some really great quotes on our website that are inspirational, but one of my favorite one is this one. Her song taught me how to flourish, bloom, and come alive Mm. in ways that no one ever has. I want this for other girls. And, you know, others have said, I want you to know that trauma doesn't define you. I'm learning that um, degrading comments don't define who I am. I will Mm. be a successful woman. You know, and another lady said, see my heart, not my past. I'm more than a survivor. I'm a warrior. I finally know what I'm worth. And so that's what we get to do every day is instill worth and potential and beauty into these women. Wow, Rachel, I have literal goosebumps. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. What what a privilege. Thank you so much for all you do for our community. And Rachel, if we're hearing this and we're in a position where we need help, how can we contact you mm-hmm. and the Her Song organization? Yes, please do contact us. Um, ladies can reach out online. We have a contact um, uh, tab on our website, and they can reach out for help there. Um, they can call us at 904-513-0203. Um, they can also text help to be free um, if they need assistance, and we're happy to come alongside and help. And if we want to get involved, do those same things as well? Reach out to your website? Sure. Absolutely. Give us a call or send us an email at info at hersongjacks.org. I think there's a contact form on our website as well um, under the contact tab, so feel free to just reach out there. Okay, well, perfect. Rachel, thank you so much for being such a great neighbor in our neighborhood. Thank you for hosting me today, Colby. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Our North Florida Neighborhood. Listen again next week. And if you have an event or organization you'd like highlighted, please contact Colby King at Colby, C-O-L-B-I, at jacksonville.radio.